Welcome to FFC Top 3, a show where we, your FFC hosts, count things down from 3 to number 1. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have a suggestion for Top 3, be sure to drop us a note on Twitter at Focus Fire Chat, in our Discord, or even email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com. This week, we are going to discuss our Top 3 RPGs and... Spoiler alert, I think I know blues. Um, but we have a special guest with us this week. We have Mr. Infested Potato, the EMT extraordinaire slash Halloween man. <laughs> he is with us, and he's going to talk first. What's your number three RPG, Potato? Uh, my number three RPG. I did the Flash version of this today, kind of going through the list of RPGs that I've ever played in my life, um, which, ironically, isn't too many of them. Um, or... Not ironic. Sadly, maybe a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's, it's going to be kind of a fl- uh, flash of the pa- uh, flash to the past here. It's a game called uh, Overlord, and it was this really kind of funny RPG where you played as the bad guy and you had to like raise your minions. It was almost like a. It was amazing. Yeah, okay, you, okay. I'm I'm not the only one that has played it. Um, it was a lot of Love fun. That game, you, yeah. you play, yeah. You played as a, you played as like a dark evil lord and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> and it was your job to like raise your minions, and your minions like served only you because you were like the evilest thing around, and you had to build your tower and like destroy villages and just do it. it, it you all around just did like these evil things, like you know, what is it? The first few missions you had to like kill a bunch of sheep and like raid this town or something. Like that. <laughs> And it was just always kill it was, a bunch it, of sheep. It was like yeah, sheep because well, you yeah because you had to you had to like ease your way into being mm-hmm. the biggest baddest overlord. Right, like, yeah, it was you like to, this. You had to start and small. the minions, the minions were freaking amazing. <laughs> oh, what was the what was like the guy who was like the eldest of the minions? Was, like, uh, They're oh, in charge would... of all this, and they, they come over here. And they very much like to go out and do you know. It was just it was so funny. It was just such a fun game to play. And then they came out the second one, and like you start off as like an evil little kid, like an evil dark lord. But it's like, but you're wearing the helmet like a Sauron helmet the entire time. Oh lord, <laughs> that it, reminds me of Castle Crashers a little bit, which is like the uh, yeah, 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 a little bit. It was like 2007, I think, was Overlord. I don't remember the sequel here. I'll send. I'll send you the picture green, so it, it you, was you, such, you, was just such you a can appreciate game. the humor that we're talking about. Okay. It was just such a clever game, and it like you know it was, it was more like a little hack and slash, but it was kind of you know choose your own adventure kind of uh, yeah. Gotcha. It was a fun game. Nice, nice. I like the little goblin-y thing. Oh yeah, yeah that, that's those the minions. Those are the minions. Yeah, yeah. Those are the minions. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it's just, oh looks my God, like gremlins. So fr- yeah, they pretty much were. Was it Melvin Underbe- Elderbelly? Was that who you're thinking? Yeah. Ha- yeah no, yeah. wait. That's was that? I can't remember. Oh my God. I'd have to go back. Looking, I'm looking, yeah, looking at all this stuff, that just makes, that brings me back. That's, that's funny. Yeah, there was a few on my list, but I was like, all right, I have to narrow this down to three. This is going to be rough. So. <laughs> all right. That's a, I mean, are, are most of yours, here's a question that's just going to throw everything off for a little bit. Are most of yours video game based or are they other thing based? Because mine has one video game, one tabletop game, and one, uh, well, two tabletop games, but one's a board game, one's not. I actually haven't played too many tabletops. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I want to. It's just I never really had the, I guess, the community or the group to go. And I just, oh, yeah? Or the time. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's a commitment. All right, Blue. Start us off. Number three. My number three is actually a tie between the world of White Wolf and Wheel of Time. Uh, I, both of them. Which one? White Wolf. White Wolf, okay, so White Wolf is one of the ones that you really, like, your experience is really determined by how good of a 
GM you have mm-hmm. uh, because it's very it's very 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 heavy on role playing. Uh, it's yes. not it's not a hack and slash like D and D can be. Um, <clears throat> it it depends. You like you have to have a pr- you have to generally have a pretty mature team and not mature in like older but like a team that's comfortable role playing, which is is something that's important. Uh, Wheel right. of Time Wheel of Time is a D twenty system. It's very similar to D and D three point five. It's actually based off three point five's mechanics, so it's pretty pretty straightforward on that front uh and it's just fun because it's actually you actually get to play within the world of robert jordan but yeah white white wolf white wolf because i the group that we played with um we just we were really familiar with each other and we knew that the archetypes that everyone kind of gravitated towards so white wolf doesn't really have like um and white, sorry, white wolf is like mage, the ascension, werewolf, the apocalypse, uh, vampire, mm-hmm. the masquerade, um, hunter, all of those, and then each each of the iter each they have each iterations. You have like werewolf, the wild west, and all this different different things. Um, we usually played the modern setting. We did try to play some of their their alternate reality ones, and it was it, they were okay. But uh, we usually played Werewolf because that was the one that was just that's what we gravitated towards or Vampire. Those mm-hmm. were the two. Um, and so because our team, our group always, you know, we always had like the archetypes that we always went to. Um, we didn't really require classes. Uh, so it made playing it a lot easier. Like it made okay. it made the made the group a lot more cohesive just naturally because we knew what, you know, we had a tank. The tank always wanted to play the tank character. So he built a tank werewolf or, you know, a tank vampire. Like, that's what he built. And that's what he gauged it to. So we knew that was covered so we didn't have to try to do, like, the skill monkey approach where everyone was everything. Um, But, yeah, so it was just... But, yeah, those worlds are just so... um, White Wolf does a really good job with creating, like, really potentially vivid worlds, I think. Mm -hmm. And they also do a really good job in integrating it into like real the real world like that's one of the big things especially vampire the masquerade it's like huge on the politics and the involvement with real real events and so it makes it really easy to actually play a modern game with modern events going on and it's i just i love that aspect of it okay the thing that always got me with that i watched i never played werewolf i never played vampire the masquerade i never played the white wolf system at all i watched one game of it Oh, yeah, it's confusing. It was cute. Yeah, it was really, really confusing. And that was, I mean, I would, to be fair, I was in college and I had only ever played one system before. Was it a so D20 system? Like I, it was a D20 system. Okay. And I'm actually, and it's see, actually my number three. Okay. Because see, that that was the thing is like, I, growing up, I played AD&D, which is mm-hmm. a pseudo D20. It's, but it's a weird version. And then we switched Math to uh, hard in that one. Thaco is Satan. Um and you get really good at math with Oh that, yeah, though, no. No, the reason I passed most of my like advanced high school classes in math was because of AD&D. I have no like I have no illusion that that was we have we had a friend who he was just a wizard with the numbers in in mm-hmm. AD&D and he is now like a like a post doctorate mathematician and it's just like I don't even know what he's doing now probably solving black hole problems um but like the uh the thing with white wolf that 
I, I think was always the biggest thing that threw people was that it was it flipped like there was a D6 version early on, but then they went to D8 and it's just the way the mechanics work in those systems is just fundamentally different. And the only reason that it wasn't a right. huge step for us is that, uh, well, and that's actually going to tie into my number two, but we had just come from a D6 game. So we had already learned how to play a D6 system when we stepped into the D8 system. So it was like, it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, this is, it was just more of a learning of, okay, how do we, how do we rank up? the dice instead of right. what what is it because it is it is a big shift if you're used to a d20 to go to a d6 or d8 system it's a bit it's a bit of a paradigm shift for sure there are only a few different actual like pen and paper tabletop games that i've played that are role-playing games um the only technically I, it's technically a d6 game is uh fate i've played the fate system once fate is that's the one with dresden <laughs> right yeah, Dresden yeah. Files uses the fate system. It I was uses talking pluses to... and minuses on the right. dice. It's not. It's. Really I I have not played that for system. Kids who don't ma- do math. That's, right. That's really what it's for. It's because it's all about. Um, used to it. That's the one that's all about karma too, skills. right? Yeah, it's okay. Karma and skills points, but um, the my number three is actually the very first role playing game I ever played, which was the generic universal role playing system, GURPS. Oh wow! Um, yeah, GURPS. GURPS is based on 3.5 as well, mm-hmm. but it's, it I, allows GURPS you to is fun. have... Yeah, GURPS is a ton of fun because unlike D&D, which doesn't have any mechanics for psionics or guns or any of like the more sci-fi aspects, GURPS accounts for that. So you can build anything in GURPS. Yeah. You don't have to be stuck in just a fantasy role. Though following, though following GURPS, D&D did acquire, and they did acquire psionic classes into yes. 3.5. They did. And it broke everything. Late, late. It broke, yeah, like it, it broke, it broke everything, like ev- all oh. the things, all the things, boss, all the things. Yeah, the very first role playing game I did with, and it was me and my one DM who was actually one of my best friends at the time. He was really adamant about talking to me about all the D and D and Warhammer and all this, like and whatnot. And he knew I liked to write stories. So he was like, "All right, let's do this." And I created this scion named Cree. And Cree ended up taking out every single obstacle before even getting into the room because of him making me too powerful and <laughs> breaking everything really quickly because I like to break things. Anyway. Oh, it's so much. Scions are fun to play if you ever get a chance to. But in number two, we are up again at the stop of the list. Potatoes. So this one is... But number two... um. It was I was kind of split between the the Darksiders series, which you guys talked about recently, mm-hmm. and had it on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it was Darksiders, or oh, it was um, Kotor, Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. from Star, uh, or Star Wars. Gotcha. They're both, I mean, they're both they're both obviously drastically different in the time frame they were brought out, and the systems are obviously a lot deeper, different ways depending on which way you go with them. Um, but I was going to have to go with the the tried and true Kotor with the Knights of the Republic. Um, it was a really good story. It was fun. It explored a part of the universe or like the Star Wars universe that not a lot of people, you know, no one really th- talked about or no one really. Knew. I mean, it was in the books and things like that, but it wasn't really brought to life um, on any sort of screens until that point. Um, right. Yeah, that was the big thing with Kotor was yeah. they actually they digitized a lot of the at the time the EU now the legends. Right. Right. 
And so, like, you know, you saw things about the Sith Wars, and I still remember mm-hmm. those, like, mm-hmm. what was the cinematics oh. they came, those cinematics, okay. I was like, can we oh. just make those into a movie, please? <laughs> like, well, just I mean, make the, the new, was, the new, uh, the new ones, they pretty much are miniature mm-hmm. movies. They were, they were, they were, they were gorgeous. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous, and it was a great story. I have to go back and replay them at some point, like, in my, at some point, if, if I'm not, you know, sucked into Witcher. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no. Witcher, Witcher will no, do that. I, I keep hearing such great things about it, and I and then the trailer dropped today, and I'm like, well, now I have to go play it because I'm going to watch the yeah, show. Yeah, and so. I'm <laughs> the show. The so just so fair warning, the show is going to be based more off the books. That's than what I figured. Games, um, because there was a huge argument earlier mm-hmm. when they first announced the promo pictures with Roach. They all freaked out, which was really funny. But um, like him. well, no, they were mad because uh, Jura doesn't have both his swords, and oh. that's because in, oh. in, because in the book he keeps his silver sword on Roach. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't carry both swords. In the game he carries both swords because in the game you're much more likely to run into monsters. In the book, it's actually not that common, and so he keeps it. In the silver sword is what's for monsters. The steel sword is what's for humans. Um, right, which we'll get in. I remember I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's yeah, like it's a great, it's a great weeks, series. But yeah, so like if you if you know the sum the summaries of the books, you're actually going to be probably yeah. a little bit more prepared for what's going to happen in the movies or not the movies, them. the the series. But mm-hmm. yeah, it looks oh yeah. god yeah the trailer yeah. dropped and I freaked out. Bibbletron, I, I don't th- I don't think you're right on that one. I think Henry Cavill was already a gym, and he just yeah, picked yeah. the gym up more. Did you miss the Mission Impossible gun loading scene? Oh my! Like... I was just thinking that too, where he reloads his bicep. <laughs> click, click. Like, you're just like... <laughs> there was a, there was a video somebody made of that where like, I know they, they, with they the cut shotgun it all, racking. It, yeah, and all you heard was a. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> it was so it was so uh, well was done so too that yeah. little clip that because they timed well, it perfectly. He, um, in in the in the actual fight scene, he improvised that. That wasn't. Oh, scripted. did he? He turned. Did around you also? Like, <laughs> did like, you? Yeah, we're keeping that. The best. <laughs> the best part. Did you see the blooper that someone pointed out where his shirt grew a pocket when he does it? Oh yeah, <laughs> when he reloads <laughs> he, it, his biceps, it, loots, it loses a pocket or something. Like there's a there's a breast pocket on his shirt, and then he does it, and it's gone. And either like he reloaded his arms so so much that he, <laughs> he grew blew a the new breast shirt. Thing. Oh lord! I'll send you a link later. There's actually a channel that does uh, analyzing like special effects in movies and things like that. And they did one thing where they analyzed uh, fight scenes, and that was oh nice fight scenes. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Sorry, yeah, and Hex is Hex is is talking about that too. Yeah, he's he's like it's like Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool, like. Hint, uh, Cavill really (laughs) like Cavill was really excited about getting. The trailer for or getting the, the part in The Witcher because he's, he a, he's a good actor. fan of it. He's a good actor. Well, no, but he's also a big fan of that series. Oh, like no he's kidding. a big fan of that series. So yeah, it's I'm I'm really excited to see where that that goes. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, blue. Number two. Uh, yes. So this was this for me. My my second one is actually it's not necessarily because of the game mechanics. Uh, it's because of the memories that I have from it, but it's the Star Wars mm-hmm. tabletop D6 version. So you have a couple different versions of Star Wars RPG. Uh, the most common one right now is the D20 because most ga- most game styles are shifting to the D20 because it is a little bit easier for new players to pick up. Uh, mm-hmm. 
as as we kind of talked about with White Wolf. Um, but the D6 version had very like nuanced things that if you were familiar with the expanded universe of Star Wars, you could actually use that knowledge to uh, get edges on things. Like you could do things that you technically shouldn't be able to do, but because you like could explain it in the parley of the parlance of Star Wars. Like so, it was just it was a it was just a blast, and they and they kind of fixed the loopholes in the D twenty system, so you couldn't. We did some just like insane, just nonsense stuff throughout the the couple campaigns that we played in the Star Wars D six one that we we tried to play. I think we started a campaign with the D twenty, and we like actually shifted the campaign back into the D six. Because they were like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. There's no mechanics for that. And I'm like, but there was a mechanic for it in the T6. You just used 50 dice. And they're like, yeah, you can't you can't do that. I'm like, we want to go back to the D6 where we can do that. And, they're, and our, our game Not master was like... supervisor! <laughs> game master was like, all right, fine. Let's just go blow up a world then. And I was like, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Let's... Just everyone's just like all bouncing in their seats. We're gonna blow up the world. We're gonna blow up things. No yeah, moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a yeah. Uh, Star Wars D six version is for me was just an absolute blast. Nice. Your turn, Green. Yes, mine is a video game. Mine is a video game I've talked about a few times on the show, but not a ton. It is the Fabled series. Ooh. Um, it was really my first introduction into video game RPGs that actually had somewhat consequences built into it. I completely forgot about that series. Yeah, it it counter it counterbalances the uh, Darksiders' large weapons because Fable, <laughs> you have giant armor. Mm-hmm. Yes, walking and tank. you can. And the most dangerous creature in the entire game is a chicken. Yeah, it um, is. It is. It really is because they they flock. No kidding. But uh, I played through it a few different times. Uh, obviously playing through going like the good route and then going the, the evil route and stuff like that. And it's just, it was one of the first ones I ever thought like, hey, my choices really matter in a game. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't terribly difficult as far as gameplay went because I, I stepped away from gaming for quite a bit when I was growing up. I played N64. I'm trying to remember the name of the fighting game. It was on N64 it, I, I know the music. I can hear the music right now. But my brothers were button smashers and made me very angry. So I rage quit gaming for a long time. Um, didn't pick it back up until college. And Fabled was one of the first games I picked back up. It was it was a fun game because it too, I think it was one of the first games you could actually kind of track your status based off of what your character looked like. Like yeah. you started like either you had that like angelic glow around you, or you started growing demons, mm-hmm. and you grew in height, and you were like six feet tall, and like you could you were, you were like a walking you space. You had horns yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, Hellboy look at the mm-hmm. end if you're not careful. It was it was I I remember I made I think I made two characters in that game. Where, um, you know, I did one that was pure evil, and then one was pure good, and just to see what would happen. Uh... Uh, I think it was Tekken. Now that Raz is saying oh, that, Tekken. Yoshimitsu, love Yoshimitsu. Uh, looking at it, looking at it. Yes, Tekken was the game that my brothers made me rage quit for probably seven years. <laughs> that game's not. I mean that that yeah. I was about to say that sounds reasonable actually from yeah. my my memory of that one. Fighting games are surprisingly <clears throat> hard. They are, and then if you just have just a brother who is really good at one move it's like <laughs> playing pikachu on smash brothers pikachu is such a 
jerk, and I want to say something more explicit <laughs> than that. Yes, but he is. He, uh, Not as bad as me playing Pikachu. Kirby. Pikachu. Oh yeah, Kirby's oh, bad my God. too. My, like, both so, of those make me rage. Da, 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 my wife plays Kirby, and she she is ridiculous with Kirby. Just Kirby's like, been my, you'll, Kirby's you'll, been my guy since the game first came out. You like, uh, that's Smash yeah, Brothers. same yeah, same like the N64 same with her. Like, Smash Brothers. She mm-hmm. is so good at the surprise brick drop. Yep. Like you'll be fighting someone, <laughs> you, you'll be you fighting have to someone. You time that. You have you to time, time it. That. And the thing is, is if you get hit by the corner, it obliterates you. Yeah. Like completely. <laughs> I'm like, there's yeah. no recovery from it. <laughs> I still, I still love what is it? The the bat, the the bat yes. item you can yeah. get. And you're just, and there's just like that wind up and that when you freaking yeah. hit somebody and they go, whoosh, they fly off the just map. Fly off the oh, map. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Gosh dang yeah. Uh, that one Green, oh. you're saying you're saying games that, you know, make you realize what you choose and stuff makes me think of Undertale actually. Yeah, that was another one. I've never played it, I but I've heard that I need a to lot play it. about it. I keep hearing so, about it. So yeah, Undertale's like I have I have not played it myself, but I've read like the story about it and all like it and the actual game is really, really cool. Like the like how you have to actually play the game to get to the true ending and everything. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think what is it? Uh, I'm gonna shout out another channel too, but uh, what is it? Game Theory. The guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think yeah. I think he's done a bunch of stuff on it, and I was kind of listening I, to a little bit of it. I think like, don't game listen to this any farther if you want to spoil it. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll stop. Because I want to say Game Theory was the one that he actually was he the one that actually got to meet the Pope, and he oh, gave no him idea. he gave there was there was a really big. A really big uh, content creator who, like, for through some like some like weird connection, he actually got an audience with the Pope, and uh, he he basically when he went, he actually brought him a copy of Undertale because oh yeah, it was Game Theory uh, because it is the game. It's one of the very few games that the actual story is based around if you make it through as a pacifist. Like, that's how you actually beat the game is you have yeah. to make it as the perfect pacifist. And so there's up, like yeah. this. Yeah, it's it's really it's actually a, that that's actually where I got introduced to Undertale because it was like one of those like just weird articles that you that pop up. It's like, wait, what? Like, why is this even a thing? And yeah, I remember reading about that. And that's where I kind of got that's where Undertale even came onto my radar, which, of course, then I started looking at it. And it's really it's a really cool game. Hmm. But yeah. Nice. Hope huh. is that is really cool, actually. Yeah, and, and he's. I think That's he's really got cool. a. I think it was back in 2017. Was the video that I'm looking at right now. So, but yeah, it, it was. It was just. It was just like one of those little like those random stories that pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I can't still really cool. I, I can't remember if I stumbled mm-hmm. across it or if uh, my wife sent it over, thinking that she probably sent it over because I don't usually do that. But yeah, it was just, again, it was just one of those, like, I'm like, wait, what? what's going on with this? That's not something I... Those two worlds don't usually interact with each other in my brain. Right? Those zombies, yeah. I, I mean, it's the internet. He does, you do anything on the internet, yeah. you're going to get crap for yeah. it, man. You're not... It's not surprising. Always. Oh, you gave him a game? You Always. gave the Pope a game? Uh, you're a demon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that actually takes us to our number ones. Your turn. Um, I am going to stick with my tried and true... It was, I mean, I played Fable and I played a couple of RPGs throughout my, uh, out my life though, but none affected me more the, and I'm going to encompass three different games here, uh, the entire Mass Effect trilogy. 
and yeah, three wasn't that three wasn't the best. I'd say two was probably the best out of all of them, and that's covering a very, 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 very wide scope of game. I mean, it's a very, very it takes a long time, a lot of commit, and to to play to get through all those games and make those choices and see all the endings like that. And but that game, the story in that game was so so well done. The the villain was perfect. The voice acting was phenomenal. The characters were lovable. I mean, I I still tear up when Morden when I think about Morden freaking the Morden mission on in Mass Effect Three when you have to either save Morden or try to save Morden or kill Morden and he's trying to stop the genocide of an entire species and that's just one story but it's a story mm-hmm. that builds throughout the entire series that you just kind of start you can you can you can you just start hearing about it in the first game and then by the end of the game they're tying up all these stories and all these story arcs of these characters that you come to love and that you come to you know you can kill them off in the first game and you'll never see them again in the second game you can lose three tenths of you know was it almost your entire crew and then you go into the third game with almost nothing and it, it, it's it's such a such such a well done game from the music and the voice acting and the characters and the graphics and the the game mechanics and systems easily one of the uh, best video game series of all time or if not one of the, probably the best rpg series ever made in my opinion what about the story that really drew you in because i've actually blue is in the same boat it looks like i the only experience i have with mass effect is i played andromeda mm-hmm. yeah chad is real real mad about it it's um I, I'm, I've I'm, only played I'm Andromeda, sorry. so it's only sorry, like chat. <laughs> a few hours. Only a few hours. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I ne- I actually didn't play Andromeda um, because of just kind of the controversy around it. And I was like, I'm not going to give you my money for a game that I'm I'm not. They said it's nothing like the original, so I kind of stayed away from it. the okay. the The original the, the the Mass Effect one, two, and three follows a completely different storyline than Andromeda. Um, mm-hmm. Andromeda obviously leaves the Milky Way galaxy behind and you get the Andromeda galaxy. Um, the, right. the story in Mass Effect is kind of like this sweeping space opera and you're, you're part of, you play as a commander shepherd. You can be male or female. Um, so they keep it really kind of, you know, neutral there. So you know how you choose your character, but you, you're, you're essentially tasked with becoming the first human special operations for this galactic council of like, but you discover a a essentially a conspiracy of exter- extinction is coming the the darkness is coming if you want to put it in destiny terms and mm-hmm. you later find out that this this extinction that is coming is actually this this race of sentient robots called the reapers and every 50,000 years they come and wipe out the wipe out the, the the life in the galaxy so that they that there is never a synthesis there's never a war between machines and bio, and and uh bio uh biologicals and they do that so that they you can it's real it's too it's too hard to get into here i know you guys did a an extra lore deep dive with bife a Mm -hmm. number of years Mm -hmm. ago and if anyone has any questions on that i would really recommend going back and listening to that because it was it was the first time you played a game and yeah yeah you're in fable and things like that your your choices meant something and things like that but in the in this game you watch those relationships and those choices directly affect how characters interacted with you beyond just oh they're scared of me no like this would decide whether or not your best friend you know stays your best friend or you can you can romance a certain character but you can't romance another character um you know you can love a character in one game and then completely ignore him in the next or you can stay with the same character throughout all three ser- three uh, three games kind of thing you know until this sweeping romantic tale of these two you know falling in love 
and or you know whatever, however you want to play it you can play the you can be the player you know you can sleep with everybody or you can sleep with nobody you know you you can make these decisions that ultimately affect you know does this world live does this entire race get to live or do both races get to live does one get to die or does another have to die am i going to actually save the galaxy or do i let the galaxy burn and it was it was it was so well done in my opinion that you know it's i can't talk highly enough about the game i was like i it's something i really wish i could like my parents don't play a lot of video games but i know my dad and my mom they love good stories they love they, they, lo- mm-hmm. they love good stories as much as i do and if i could share one game with them i would put i would i would have them play the the mass effect series because it's so well done and the stories are so so well put together and this, the writing is bioware at its finest um and so yeah that's that's that's, it's just it draws you in you can't not play it like you have to go try it at least it it does relationships well is what it sounds like which is and not just romantic relationships but friendships and like your relationship with the galaxy around you that's cool all right blue number one D D. Shocking. Uh, yeah, no, you're really shocking. Uh, <laughs> specifically, Forgotten it's shocking Realms. It's... Specifically for Forgotten okay. Realms, uh, because that was one of the things that really got me into RPGs in general. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have played D and D pretty consistently since I was probably about ten or eleven. So, like in some form or fashion or other, I've been I've pretty much been involved in games or campaigns of some kind um up until just recently with uh having a having a small child kind of puts a damper on your free time and stuff and then you know this whole podcasting thing kind of takes up some time too um sorry but but like that was it's just it's always been like tabletop rpgs have always been a part of my life um and you know, as as a person who read a ton of fantasy and science fiction, but I mean, uh, fantasy was really what got me into nonfiction or sorry, fiction. Sorry. Um, well, it actually got me into nonfiction, too, because of the historical influences there. But, um, you know, that just was something that translated really well. And the Forgotten Realms is just so vast that it really it's just kind of you you pick the type of game you want to play at the beginning and you can just and you can change in the middle it's just it's one of those like really open and free flowing things that has really good a really good structure to it okay blue we're on similar wavelengths with ours my number one is also something relating to forgotten realms but i did not ever grow up with a actual tabletop group Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've only ever played a pen and paper tabletop uh game where i've been the dm i've never played as a participant oh okay because my friends uh i introduced a lot of my uh co-teachers to fourth edition and i i love i love the mechanics and stuff like that and i've always listened to it and read into the stories and stuff like that but i never had a group to play of my own so i ended up dming for friends and we played a few different rounds of that but there is a game that my friends really loved that was forgotten realms related and it was on tabletop will wheaton's tabletop season two episode nine. Oh, i love that show it, sorry <laughs> yeah i know i'm really sad that they're not really doing it anymore but i get it um and that was the episode with patrick rothfuss who is another writer that i really mm-hmm. really respect yeah but that He's... is lords of Waterdeep. Yep, yep. Lords of Water, yep, yep. That was more of a 
that was more of like a one-off expansion though wasn't it if i remember that correctly no. so the board game oh is it Lords was it a board it was it a board game it it's a board game okay it's a okay. board game that is similar to um somewhat Catan. some it's got like okay. resource yeah. management yeah, aspects yeah, 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 to it yeah. but it also because you use meeples you have the european counter on the outside and it it, I don't know. It was just really fun because you can play lots of different ways. You can play the very aggressive style. You mm-hmm. can RPG as the aggressive style. You can play very intrigue heavy. You can play magic heavy. And you can choose all these different routes to get the victory points to be able to win at the end. So it has that very similar style to Catan or um, I'm trying to think. Ticket to Ride also has that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it makes sense. Where... It makes sense being based in Waterdeep. Yeah. That makes yes. perfect sense. Oh, yeah. And it it's one that I, I've bought on multiple platforms. Like, you can get it on iPhones. And oh, they have a digital on, version? I, That's cool. They have a digital version, version. And I would play that with my friends as much as possible. Now, granted, um, my wife is not a fan of it because it is very rule-intensive, as most D&D games tend to be. And so I have not played it in with other people in probably five years. But it is still my favorite RPG board game tabletop version of all time period just that's, awesome. that's it yeah i need to check this out more like actually yeah Lord's, well in. and like i think because i remember i remember i remember hearing about it and it was it, it was a ironically it was because it was a board game that i didn't really pay attention to it um because it was a, it's a strategy right it's a strategy board right. game i think yes. that's what you said right yeah um mm-hmm. and we didn't we didn't play like our campaigns like City of Splendor or Waterdeep was always like in Forgotten Realms. It's a huge center of events for the the Sword Coast, but we never really were around the Sword Coast. We were always more like in inland from there. Oh yeah. And so Waterdeep was always kind of like, oh yeah, this is happening in that place, but no one really cared. Mm-hmm. So it was like right. I never, I never, I never played. We never played a campaign that hit Sword Coast areas. Mostly because that's where all the like the predominant number of books for Forgotten Realms kind of gravitates towards the the water deep, um, mm-hmm. with uh, the Dritz series and stuff like that. That's that's all taking place on the Sword Coast, um, and we right. kind of we wanted to play more in in like a free area where we could build stuff without having to like because we wanted to keep the structure Faerun, but we didn't want to. It was just something you didn't that we want didn't. to change things. Yeah, you yeah, to here too. I got you. Yeah, no, and so, yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's really cool, because I know there was, uh, they've done a couple of them, right? Because didn't they, I think they tra- they translated Ravenloft into a board game, which that sounds, yes. that sounds absolutely it's a totally terrifying. It's different set of mechanics. Yeah, well, it's yeah, different it's mechanics than Waterdeep. freaking Ravenloft. You're right. You just, uh, you, it's, is... it's how long you can go without losing, not yes. if you're going to win. Right, and Waterdeep is very intrigue heavy. Right, yeah, that intrigue makes perfect and sense. Sleight of hand, and mm-hmm. um, you like fight over who goes first. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, so you, which makes a huge difference. So you play as one of the lords of the city. Yes. Oh, that is power. awesome. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's really so. Fun. It's kind of like it's, really, it's kind of really like fun. a board version of diplomacy. Then correct. Ah, okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really interesting. Correct. Yeah. So, all right. End of all of the normal list, and this is something I don't know, Potato, if you've I prepared you for, but... Probably not. Did you have any also-ran? So, any other 
RPGs that you would mention that wouldn't necessarily make your top three list, but are important enough where you want to mention them on the show? I was actually asking you to throw that up there in the chat real quick. Totally. Um, it's actually, um, I'm a massive, massive Firefly of that show and the yes. Firefly universe for, mm-hmm. for forever. And I discovered this, I've been playing it for about 10 years and not really, not recently, sadly, because it kind of took a bit of a downturn. It's the old uh, text-based digital role-playing like the mush clients or the talent mm-hmm. clients yeah 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 things mush, like that yeah mush is awesome yep. um there's one out there that's still running and it's kind of hanging on by a hair's thread and so i'm going to give it a shameless plug here and i've been playing it for a long time but sadly not recently in the last six months just because of time and dinas um so i've been playing the same character for probably 10 years on there um is uh serenity mush it is <gasps> a... i used to play that oh did you that's yeah. awesome dude yeah yeah I, I if did. You say, I, if I you say your character name, I will, pro- I will probably, I probably recognize you. I honestly don't even remember. It's been so long since I've been on a mush client. Like I play yeah. a character named Zank Lines. Z-A-N-K-L-I-N-S. Lines. There you go. Zank Lines. That's awesome. I've been playing that game forever. And I'm such a fan of Firefly. It is such a great universe. It's such a creative universe. I'm a massive Joss Whedon fan. Um, and it, I just love the funny moments. Oh yeah, in that it, the, the whole show is it's great. So good, and it's so good. and and I and I'm proud to say that that um that that mush client is still running. It's a little bit on the back burner right now because there were some server side issues and some some issues in the higher levels of things that I'm not a part of. But I'll give it a shout out. If anyone's interested in wanting to go in there and create a character and just try it out and learn, you know, the mush client can be a little difficult to learn, mm-hmm. but it. It, once you learn it, it's like second nature. I could still I can go in there now and type a bunch of stuff and do everything. But yeah, it's, mush, it, it was, mush it was actually what introduced me to rpol.net, which is a okay. message board ver- variation mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, and cool. and so it was it was just a lot. It was it, the game is so much fun, and the people I've made there are friends that you know I still chat with online sometimes. Friends all over the country. And, you know, just watching my own character grow through the stories that we've created in the last 10 or 12 years is, you know, watching how my character's gone from what he is then to what he is now, where, you know, he has a kid and he's, you know, he's on the verge of getting married and, you know, and things like that. And so it was, it was cool just having those interactions, but with, they're with actual other people. And if anyone's interested, I'll throw, I'll throw Blue the, the link and he can throw it wherever he needs to throw it. If anyone's yeah. interested and everyone wants well, to We can include it in the, sh- we can uh, put it on the podcast page for links i just yes. i just saw your mass effect endings po- picture That's <laughs> <laughs> did you see the additional ones that they nerfed yeah. <laughs> the friendship ending <laughs> the friendship <laughs> i just threw that so, i just threw that up in chat for you there but, uh, but yeah if, if anybody nice. likes firefly as much as i do uh stay shiny and you can't stop well and the nice thing with mush too is like once you get once you get familiar with one of them, there's there's mm-hmm. tons of them out there. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like uh, IRC there's chats. A star, like there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of Star Wars ones. There's a Star, oh, yeah, star Trek one. There's there's. A, I'm trying yeah, to think. There, what was the other one? There's there's a zombie apocalypse one. I played for a little while. I just I was like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what we're doing in here. <laughs> Blue, did you have any else around? Yes, I did. Uh, so this is a like super like at the time it was a really not well-known uh game they were published in like 93 and it's it's by a company called nightfall games and they're out of scotland and this mm-hmm. this game is called slay industries sla industries and it's a urban horror game and it's just i I'm just like attention. 
Oh no! Like I'll 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 send you the link for this. It's it is probably one of the most brutal RPGs that it's it makes Shadowrun look calm and tame. <laughs> um, and it's it's a completely different. Like Shadowrun is its own. Like you know, Shadowrun has its own level of insanity. You know, with it being what it is, this is not. Um, this is not in the same kind of genre as Shadow Realm, but it kind of is. There's not a lot of magic in Slay. It's more mm-hmm. uh, tech. It's more like urban tech horror. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's oh god, and it the the story the like the the general like story is basically like this weird hodgepodge of cyberpunk horror and conspiracy, and it's just like I mean like blend. Um, take I don't know if you're familiar with uh, these animes, but like take like Trigon Akira. Uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Okay, that yeah. Blend those, like, smash them all into one, and then throw Blade Runner in on top of it. And that's oh, kind of oh, that's, nice. that's kind of this 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 thing. And then you know you have like the overarching we don't thing need of like replicants, right? Well, yeah. And then you put some Thunderdome in there, and you got a good going <laughs> on. Like that's that's what this game. This game was just oh my gosh, that's nuts. it was just absolutely bonkers and. It was a, it was a tabletop, so it was like you get to do just the randomest stuff, and they had mechanics for like I mean nearly anything. I'll, I'll send you guys the link to it, and I'll put that the link for awesome. this one too. But yeah, it's Slay Industries. It's a it's a I don't even know. I know that I think they got bought by Wizards of the Coast a short time after they published. I think like ninety four or ninety five, and I I know that the the PDFs of the documents are still around because I know um, there's a website called uh, Drive Through RPG. If anyone, if anyone wants RPG stuff, Drive Through RPG is where you can get like all the digital PDFs, and you can pay them, and you can like actually purchase the PDF, so you don't have to worry about like. PDF, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pay, but I mean, what, it, what I mean is you're not like pirating them. You're yeah, you're okay. actually you're okay. actually you're actually helping the, yeah you're actually yeah. paying the publisher and you know all that stuff which I Don't that's huge it. it's yeah it's it's a huge thing like right. these these PDFs are I mean whatever I can go on for days about <laughs> that but um so yeah drive through RPG and it's usually pretty reasonably priced um I think the one that I'm looking at right now it's like twelve bucks for all the PDFs for Slay Industries um nice. but yeah it's uh I want to say it was a D six mod but yeah i just we didn't we didn't actually get to play through a full campaign with this one because it was so wonky and our schedules that was it was the year that we were graduating high school so our schedules kind of all fell apart but oh my god i just i remember vividly of all the games that i play this is the one that like i actually i can tell you like exactly what our characters did throughout the entire game because it was the most, and it's not like necessarily good things. I can't tell you on the mm-hmm. podcast things, but like <laughs> it's like it was just it it just was completely just insane, and it was hilariously I've had at the same time in the Firefly one where you know yeah. it wasn't all just like happy endings. It was like we we made some endings that were like. Oh, are we are we actually the bad guy? Jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's you're there that's go, the thing. You're, you're like, going, what uh, did we do? Oh, it's just like, ugh, it's good stuff. Oh. So yeah, that's my uh, also my also memories. <laughs> yes, all the memories, all the memories. Uh, my also rand is a card game RPG, and it is one that I used to use with my students 
called Once Upon a Time, the Storytelling Card Game. And you literally hand out a bunch of cards, which are like um, locations, hooks, things that are going on. And you're telling a story and you're trying to lay down all your cards and get to your ending card. And the person who can lay out all their cards and the ending card, and it all makes sense, wins the game. So it's it's a creative, you have to tell a story. And the random cards that you're getting are things like a well, um, a ring. And so the prophecy has been fulfilled and the parents were reunited type thing. And oh, so you're cool. trying, yeah, you, you have to work together. You're working together with the other person to tell the story. But at the same time, you're competing against them to try to finish your ending. So oh. what you say, if you run out of things and have to draw a card it goes to the next person. And so the next person picks up the story where you left off. Oh, okay. They're telling the okay. same story, but they're using their cards to change up the things to try to get to their ending. It's super fun. Um, works really well with like high schoolers. That's who I, I primarily used it with. And it was really good for creative writing. Yeah. And I can see how that would exactly be. Oh yeah. It was a ton of fun and it, it can go a lot of different ways. There's, there's expansion packs on there that add a lot of different twists and turns. The basic pack is very um, kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's going to be in there that's going to be crazy. But I'm sure if you played it with adults, you can find some crazy things to say, I'm sure. Ha- but Have you played Super Fight? I have not. Blue bought it. Blue bought it at Guardian Con, not <laughs> this last year, but two years ago. It's and sitting, we were supposed to I'm play it. I'm looking at it sitting on a shelf, and it's just you mentioning that game kind of made me think of Super Fight. Yeah, definitely. Super fight. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Gloom was really fun. There's like werewolf. There's a lot of like card games that are role play. Bang, like B A N G. That is a really fun like slight RPG where you're you're you have a defector and you have a cop and the cops trying to figure out who the defector is in the group and oh yeah I've off heard people I've heard of that game. yeah 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 I've heard yeah. of that game. Those are fun. And you get to like role play physically with everybody else. Kind of it's. RPG tabletop light. It's pretty awesome. Like, yeah, it's easy to learn. Not a lot of rules. A lot of fun. There's no rules. Yeah. Well, I mean, the points don't matter, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I think that has kind of tied everything together for us for this top three. Is there anything else you want to say to the fans of role players? Keep making stories. Yeah, that's really the big thing. Keep writing. Keep making stories. Keep uh experimenting keep, that's always the keep fun trying thing. different voices yes definitely all right so thank you guys for listening as always we appreciate you and remember everybody likes a list